the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. My country tells me, sweet land of liberty of Beyonce. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob Frantz. Oh, yes, indeed. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway. It's 10 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on a Monday, 21st morning of the eighth month in the year of our Lord, 2023. Jim Jordan is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He will join me in less than a half an hour to talk about the latest on the uh, pursuit of justice by way of the uh, criminal. Well, what do I call them? I call them the first family of crime. They are the first family. They're criminals, so they're the first family of crime. Let's just stick with that. The Biden family. And uh, how about this? Hunter's attorneys were all set to call Joe Biden as a defense witness if and when Hunter Biden did stand trial for his tax charges and his lying in order to get a gun. Uh, that sweetheart deal, you know, that uh, fell through, they were hoping it was going to stick because they didn't want to have to call Joe Biden to the stand, but they will. And once Joe Biden gets called to the stand, guess what else can happen? Cross-examinations can happen. It's a dream. I mean, it's probably just, you know, a bridge a little too far. But, oh, my goodness, can you imagine that? 
Uh, but that's the reality. Hunter Biden's lawyers have said that if his, uh, if, uh, uh, their client, if, if their client, Hunter Biden, is prosecuted fully without a plea agreement being in place, they will call Joe Biden to the stand. What would that look like? We're going to talk about that with Jim Jordan, along with a host of other things, including our lead story, which we'll get to in a moment. But that'll be a 935. Then at 1110. I'm very much looking forward to speaking with Janet Robertson. School is back in session, as you know, or it's about to be. If your kid isn't there yet, they will be probably within the next few days. I know some schools are actually starting a little later. They're they're starting right after Labor Day, the way we did when we were kids. First day of school was always like, you know, right after right after Labor Day. But of course, schools have started to bump those uh, dates up in August now for years and years and years. But anyway, with school starting or having started for so many already. Uh, we're starting to dive back into what these schools look like. A California mom is fighting back now. Um, after her speech to the school board, which is what they are allowed, parents are allowed and entitled to do, um, resulted in hateful, leftist, disgusting, repugnant groomers going after her job. She didn't work for the schools. She had nothing to do with the schools, except she has kids in the schools, and she's a mom, and she gave a speech, a very, by the way, and I'm going to play the whole thing for you. It's only three minutes long. That's all they give them to speak. But a very, very respectful speech in which she criticized and condemned the um, new curricula involving uh, pronouns and, and biological misstatements of fact. In other words, changing actual accepted, well-known scientific facts in order to advance the D.I.E. and the trans agenda. And she spoke out about it, and she opposed it. She lost her job. She didn't work for the schools. She has has nothing to do with the schools. But because some people disagreed with her, they came for her. She is a true mama bear, if you will, and she is not backing down. She has started an entire organization and a website called Benicia Freedom. It's Benicia, California. Uh, or Benicia, I guess I'll have to ask her if she prefers Benicia or Benicia. Anyway, she literally lost her job, and you should go to BeniciaFreedom.org to see more. The video is there telling her story. The video is there of her particular speech. And this is going to be impactful for parents all across the country because this is what they're going to do. This is what they're going to do if you come for them. They try to intimidate you into silence fearing that, you know, so that you fear that if you speak out in defense of your kids, that it might cost you your job. So I'm just going to have to sit here, bite my lower lip, and take it. And let my kids be indoctrinated with non-factual things, belief that men can be pregnant, boys can be girls, girls can be boys, changing the English language to accommodate say the same, uh, giving up private spaces for girls, giving up female identities altogether, uh, having girls' sports teams being invaded by boys, or the whole nine yards, all of it is what they are uh, essentially going to force down our throats if we don't fight back. So how are they going to stop us from fighting back by going for our jobs? It's really quite an incredible uh, and a disturbing story. So we're looking forward to that. That'll be coming up at 1110 this morning. So Jim Jordan at 935, Janet Robertson, uh, a mom fighting for moms and dads everywhere, will be at 1110. And then, of course, we will welcome you before, between, and after those guests at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will bring you here. Let's start with our Pledge of Allegiance before we get into the top news of the morning and ask you to rise, face your flag, put your hand on your heart, and join us for this if you are a believer in firing people for standing up for their children and not allowing them to be sexualized and groomed in elementary schools for the purpose of an LGBTQ agenda 
Well, then you uh, you don't have any respect for the flag anyway, nor the nation that it represents. You may take a knee instead over there next to that unemployed quarterback and that uh, disaster of a blue-haired soccer player. For the rest of us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, so this is... um. This is getting kind of kind of interesting, talking about the sovereignty of the United States being in danger, talking about the unchecked, unfettered flow of fentanyl, of terrorists, of human traffickers, of human trafficking victims, of weapons, of gang members, all coming across our southern border. And now, let's add this to the list. An 800% increase in the number of Chinese immigrants coming across the southern border through Mexico into the United States. No, that shouldn't be alarming at all, should it? The mayor of New York City is Eric Adams. He continued to complain this past week about how unfair it is for his sanctuary city to continue to shoulder the burden of the ongoing border crisis as resources and space are being pushed to their limit, according to Town Hall. Now I'm going to pause there and say the guts of this guy, Eric Adams, to dare say that New York is shouldering the burden of the of the uh, wide-open border policies of the Biden administration, that's that's pretty astounding. I mean, the, the, the chutzpah of this guy. You really think that New York is tasting any more than they're dealing with on the southern border itself? The cities and towns in Texas and Arizona that are just overrun with millions of illegals every single day this has been going on for, for, for the last two and a half years of the Biden administration. It was, of course, cut way back during the Trump years. But the point being, for this guy to say, Eric Adams, to say that, New York is bearing the burden. They're the ones shouldering most of the illegals coming here. No, you're just getting a tiny taste because Governor Greg Abbott is doing the right thing. He's putting them on buses and saying, head to New York. We, we don't have any more room for you here in Texas. And if the Biden administration won't do anything to secure the border, we've got to find some space for you. Go to the biggest city in the world. Go to the Big Apple. And you want to know why? So that we can hear people like Eric Adams cry like this. National and statewide issue that has been unjustly dropped into the lap of New York City residents. We only make up 0.05 of the land mass in New York State. 0.05. That's what we make up. Yet, we are housing... Over 99% of the migrants. No, you're not, you big freaking liar. You're only housing 99% of the migrants that are being sent from Texas and Arizona and New Mexico and other places uh, up into the, the rest of the United States. You're the number one destination because you're the biggest city and because your dumb asses declared your state city to be a sanctuary city. Where else should people go if they need sanctuary but to, drum roll please, 
sanctuary cities. When homeless people need soup, where do they go? They go to a soup kitchen. When people here in this country claiming asylum and seeking sanctuary, where do they go? But, yes, a sanctuary city. It's your city that's that made the policy. Your city. This is a national and statewide issue, he says, that was, has been unjustly dropped into the lap of New York City residents. Let me ask you something, you unimaginable hypocrite. What do you have to say to the people of Texas when all of these millions of migrants are unjustly dropped into their laps because of your boss, your party's leader, your president, who literally is doing anything and everything he can to stop you from having to deal with this by keeping the border open, by not doing enough to secure the border, to stop the border crossers, the river crossers, uh, the trucks, I mean, all of the the, uh, entries between the entry points. What are you doing? So let's talk about the boss for a second. Mayor, Mayor Adams, let's talk about... What's leading to all of these people being in Texas first and then being distributed throughout the United States, including it to New York, which, by the way, you should have plenty of room for them. New York is still the country's biggest city by population, but people are fleeing your crime-infested city more than ever before because of the way you guys are running it, and they're leaving your blue, high-tax blue states and going to places like Texas. Florida, uh, you know, red states, Tennessee, huge population of New Yorkers moving to Tennessee. They're moving to red states because of the way you run things. So you've got room. Just you're replacing tax-paying, hard-working residents who are fleeing your state and your city with illegal immigrants who don't pay taxes and who don't offer anything to contribute to the economy, but rather they suck up your local resources. Maybe you ought to have a word with your boss. Let's talk about what your boss is doing. The Biden administration has been quietly, we found this out over the weekend, selling off, auctioning, to be more precise, millions of dollars worth of unused steel and other materials from former President Trump's border wall. And they've been auctioning auctioning them off for pennies on the dollar. Peanuts. An end run around pending legislation in Congress. Since April, GovPlanet, an online auction house specializing in military surplus, has sold 81 lots of steel, square structural tubes intended for use as the vertical bollards in the border barriers, 30-foot-tall panels. And Biden has been hauling in about $2 million for these. On Tuesday, GovPlanet netted $154,200 for 729 of the 28-foot-tall hollow beams, sold on five separate lots for $212 apiece. But just last month, as part of its annual defense appropriations package, the Democrats in the, in the Democrat-led Senate passed a Republican-sponsored bill aimed at forcing Biden to stem the worsening migrant crisis at the U.S. border by extending the wall. So I would ask Eric Adams in New York the same thing I would ask Chuck Schumer and Democrats in the Senate. When are you going to go to the White House and on the front door 
and demand to speak with this nut about why he is allowing unchecked amounts of, like I said, fentanyl, drugs, guns, traffickers, trafficking victims, gang members, terrorists coming across that border. Not to mention scores and scores of Chinese who may or may not be here to be, get a better life for themselves in the capitalist uh, nation of the United States of America, or who may be working for the CCP. When are you going to go? Um, you know what? Maybe the problem is you can't go to Washington, D.C. and knock on the door or pound on the door to talk to Joe Biden because the chances are very good he's in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, on another week-long vacation, which he has just interrupted just to go to uh, Hawaii Something that he should have done two weeks ago to view the damage in Maui. But let's not get away from the, 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 the most important point here. Since Biden took office, illegal immigrants have crossed into the U.S. in record numbers, estimates exceeding 5 million of them. Are some of them coming to New York? Yeah. Who should your qualm be with other than Joe Biden? According to data from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, there have been 1,973,000-plus Southwest land border encounters so far just in the year 2023, the fiscal year 2023, which began uh, last October. In July, specifically in July, U.S. officials along the border processed 183,503 uh, times, uh, let me rephrase that, 183,503 migrants processed just in July alone. Illegal crossings jumped 33%. Border Patrol agents recorded 132,652 apprehensions of migrants who entered unlawfully between the ports of entry in July compared to nearly 100,000 in June. So it's on the rise. And while it's rising, what's Joe Biden doing? He's selling off border wall parts. Those those steel tubes are laying in the desert. All he has to do is send a few teams out there and tell them, prop them up, take them from horizontal where they lay to vertical. And then maybe Eric Adams won't have to come crying to the media every time another busload arrives. Then maybe, just maybe... All of the other sanctuary cities won't have to actually live up to their names and provide sanctuary. Maybe, just maybe, the record amounts of fentanyl that continue to pour into this country will actually shrink just a little. I don't know. What a crazy idea. The steel is there, but instead of putting it up, he's selling it off for pennies on the dollar. That, to me, is an official abrogation of his oath as far as I'm concerned. All right, it's 926. We're going to take a time out. We're going to talk more about this, I promise you. But we also have Jim Jordan to talk to. We'll get his thoughts on the selling off of the border wall parts as well. That's coming up after the news on Always Right Radio AM 1420, The Answer. Giving you reason in the age of unreason. Always Right Radio with Bob France and The Answer. That is exactly who we are, and it's exactly what we do. It's 9.35. Good Monday morning to you. Appreciate you being with us. Let's welcome back to our program now. For the second time in just a few days, due to a scheduling quirk last week, our uh, uh, congressman from the 4th Congressional District and the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. How are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Had a good weekend, I hope? 
Yeah, yeah, sure did. Got to see our grand, some of our grandkids. That was great. Beautiful, beautiful. Glad to enjoy that. Um, okay, Congressman, I'm going to hit you with uh, the first thing that I've been talking about this morning. I'm just blown away. I'm listening to Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, crying about how we're just we're we're shouldering the majority of the burden uh, of the illegal immigrants coming into this country, and, and I'm laughing because I'm thinking people in Texas must be just uh, getting a kick out of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but he's complaining about the number continuing to increase of the of the illegals who are coming up to uh, to New York City, and I'm thinking. Your boss, the boss of your party and the leader of the country, the president of the United States, it was just reported, is auctioning off perfectly good steel tubes that have been laying in the desert now for three yeah. years, waiting yeah. to waiting to go from horizontal to vertical. If they're vertical, they can keep some of these people out and give you a break there, Eric Adams. Why aren't you pounding on his door? Why aren't the yeah. left, leftists who are complaining about their sanctuary cities actually having to provide sanctuary for these millions of illegals, why aren't they going to Joe Biden and saying, stop selling the steel and use it? Your thoughts? Yeah, no. No, it's because this is how crazy the left is that now has control of that party. But yeah, uh, Mayor Adams, get uh, uh, you know, get on the phone, call up President Biden, and tell him the score, tell him what's going on. Or better yet, get on that taxpayer finance train, the metro. Take the not the metro, but the but the, uh, the the train that runs from all the way along the East Coast that our taxpayers in in the Fourth District of Ohio help support. Get on that train, go down to D.C., go to the White House, knock on his door, and talk to him about what the heck is going on here. Because that's the only way that, that there may be a chance that this administration – I don't think they will because they're so beholden to the left. But, um, yeah, d- do that instead of complaining on TV. Talk to the guy who's in charge. Uh, that's the president of the United States. Yeah, well, he might not have to go to D.C. He'd probably just go to Rehoboth Beach. He spends more time there, I think, than he does yeah, in well, D.C. You, so. get, you can go halfway there. You can stop yeah. in Delaware on the yeah. way down. That's how it goes because it's Philadelphia, then Wilmington. Then on down it goes, and, and, and Baltimore, and then you're in D.C. You know how that whole whole thing works. You know, it's one thing for us to just laugh about it and shake our heads about it, but is there any, seriously, seriously, is there anything we can do about it? I mean, the Senate actually passed a bill that included some, uh, I, if I understand it correct, some of the Republican uh, 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 language that would indeed extend the border wall a little bit. It's not what, of course, we need, but it would be a little bit. Uh, and, and instead of using that steel to do that, he's selling it off for pennies on the dollar. Is there anything that can be done congressionally? Yeah, you can, uh, you can say, uh, we could put that language on the appropriation bill, you know, uh, the, 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 the various appropriation bills, the DHS bill. Um, they already did language that, right? that says you can't sell it. Yeah. Well, we, we, no, no, we're, those bills are coming. Now, they may have put something on that big, you know, behemoth of the bill eight months ago that was the, the, the omnibus that we all voted against that had all the. No, that's not the one I'm talking about. Little... Congressman, let me read it to you just what I, what I saw this morning. Last month, the Democrats controlled Senate passed its defense appropriations, uh, package. Oh. This is defense. Okay. They included a Republican sponsored yes, bill aimed at forcing the Biden administration to extend the wall. And this was passed by the Democrat controlled Senate. So it ought to be on its way to you guys, yeah. right? Yeah, we, we could. But there's negotiations over what's going to happen in the National Defense Authorization Bill. We got one version; they got one version. Uh, so that's one of the one of the positive things from the Senate side. Most of the other stuff is not near as positive as what we had in our bill on on the House side. So we'll see. But yeah, that's something that could be put in the conference committee and, and put in the final bill. And that's probably why they included that little bone to throw to us uh, in yeah. order to pass yeah. all of the other things the that game. they want. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I hate. It's always where the game the is process. played. It really is. Uh, Congressman, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, a story that I read this morning about Citibank. You and I have talked about this in the past, but now you are, are moving on this. You have subpoenaed Citibank over uh, what? Uh, Fourth Amendment violations, I think we might be able to yeah. say, sharing information on American citizens with the FBI. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, and this is this is what we caught Bank of America doing. Bank of America turned over their customers' information, debit card, credit card purchases in the D.C. area back on the, the around the January 6, 2021 date. And we want to know if other banks did. We think we think that probably happened. These other banks. So we're gonna we're gonna find out just how how serious this problem. I mean, it's bad enough that Bank of America just turns it over. And then remember what the Bank of America also did. They overlaid that information with any gun purchase you may have had um, in at any point in your in your time as a customer with Bank of America. So we want to know just how pervasive this was. We think this happened, and we know it happened with. Well, we're almost a hundred percent sure it happened without a warrant coming from the government from the FBI and the DOJ to get that information. We think they just turned it over. We're talking to uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Congressman, let's um, let's move on to the first family of crime. Uh, you don't have to refer it to that way, but it is, to them that way, but it is. Um, let's talk about um, Joe Biden being a witness. Hunter Biden's legal team, from what I've read, yeah. um, is has vowed to prosecutors that they would have Joe Biden take the stand uh, as a witness for the defense if his son faces these criminal charges, the one that the sweetheart plea deal was supposed to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, so so is there still a chance that as this thing moves forward that Joe Biden gets on the stand? Because all I can think of when I, he, I I'm just I'm just salivating at the prospect of a cross-examination of the president of the United States. Yeah, it. I mean, I, I find that hard to believe. I think that was I mean, who knows? I mean, you can't get in the mind of the of, of Hunter Biden's uh, Hunter Biden's defense lawyers, but um, maybe they were just saying that as a way to avoid. Because remember, when you read through the stories, it, it sure looks like that the David Weiss and, and the Garland uh, Biden Justice Department were getting ready to not charge Hunter Biden with anything. He wasn't going to have to plead guilty to anything. Nothing was going to happen. That's how it looked like as this thing progressed. And then, but for. Gary Sapley and Mr. Ziegler coming forward, these two whistleblowers, I don't I, I think that's what that's the track they were on, that's what was going to happen. But the whistleblowers come forward, then we, we find out the facts, and their testimony has stood up under cross examination. We, we find out the facts and suddenly they change the deal and they change the deal with this with this uh, two part plea agreement, the diversion agreement, the plea agreement, and the judge says no to it, and then it all falls apart. So I think what I what I got from those stories over the weekend that I read, same ones I think you read, Bob, is that that this was they were going to give it and make it even more of a sweetheart deal than it already was until the whistleblowers came forward and then it all fell apart. So whether Biden would ever testify, I mean, that's I mean, who knows? Maybe that was a, just kind of a, something that threatened uh, during the course of the negotiations. But as we move forward now, I, I just I just don't know. Okay, now what I'm going to ask you to do, Congressman Jordan, is try to connect some dots for us here, because of course we have those tax uh, evasion uh, uh, charges against him. We have the lying to get a gun, uh, which he was not uh, permitted legally to have, uh, and, and then of course we have all of the stuff that we've been following for so long, and you've been working on exposing for so long, involving bribery from foreign countries and and, and so forth. David Weiss's investigation is limited to, or has the expansiveness to what? Well, he can he can now charge in, in other jurisdictions. That was the big thing. Um, and remember, that was the that was the hang up that Mr. Shapley said in that meeting on October seventh, twenty twenty two, which was Mr. Shapley called the, his red line meeting. He said that's the meeting where David Weiss told him and five other people that he didn't have special counsel authority, had sought that and was denied that by the by the Justice Department, and therefore could not bring those charges in all the jurisdictions where it was appropriate, n- namely D.C. and and L.A. He could only do it in his home district, which is, is Delaware. So that, that is huge. Now with special counsel status, supposedly he can bring those in those other locations. But 
I do believe some of the statute of limitations have run for some of the tax years, particularly the years when it was most Burisma, when, when most of the income was coming from Burisma, uh, the, 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 the energy company in, in Ukraine. So we're talking 2014, 2015 tax years there. So we'll see how this all shakes out. But for me, the big takeaway was uh, David Weiss, the guy who put together this ridiculous plea agreement, this, this, this crazy deal, the one who hadn't, hadn't charged these other things, had let the statute of limitations run. We're going to make that guy this special counsel? You need a special counsel to investigate David Weiss and Merrick Garland. That's what you need. Not Nathan, the same guy who was running the investigation, to now be moved to special counsel. And frankly, the time for a special counsel isn't now. The time for a special counsel was on January 20th, 2021, about 1201, when, when Joe Biden takes the oath of office. Then, then you, his son had already been, been under investigation. That's when you need to appoint a special counsel. Clear back then, but fair to do so and now do it with this guy makes absolutely no sense. Well, and what you just said also is, unfortunately, it makes no sense. I don't mean what you said, but the fact that we need a special counsel to investigate David Weiss and Merrick Garland. Well, who appoints yeah, special counsels yeah. but Merrick Garland? So how do you, how do you expect yeah. an AG to appoint a counsel to investigate himself? And, you know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, literally, I don't know what that means. If there is corruption at the head of the DOJ, or at least alleged corruption, how does, I mean, legitimately, I wonder, how does the government account for that? How does anybody investigate somebody who is in charge of all investigations? Well, we do our job in Congress. Under the Constitution, we do our oversight duty. And then, frankly, the way this this works in in, in you know, to ultimately fix things in the executive branch, it, it takes someone at the, the the top of the executive branch. It takes the president of the United States to do it. So if Joe Biden won't do it, then the American people have a way of uh, uh, the only remedy is, is, the, is the next election and put someone else in the White House. We'll see if that, that happens. All I know is our job is to do our job. And we're going to do that. Yeah, that is devastating to hear. I apologize, but I mean that really. If the only answer we have, if there's corruption at the highest level, if the attorney general is corrupt because he is protecting the president, clearly the president will not appoint a special counsel to investigate the man who's protecting him. The only thing we can do is sit on it. What if all of this happened? Well, it did actually happen years ago. But what if it happened at the beginning of a term? You've got to wait four years. The only recourse that we have is to is to vote him out of office. Well, the, the other the other recourse is is under the Constitution is impeachment proceedings, and uh, we've you know, all the we've, we've all heard. I'm sorry, we've all heard that that is that that is not something that is going to be forthcoming. And as a matter of fact, given where we are in the presidential election cycle, um, it would not be done by the time we got to 2024 anyway. Well, that that's I mean probably so. But again, if if the Speaker of the House has been clear, if we have to move to an impeachment inquiry phase, we're going to do that. I think I think the evidence just continues to mount and i think we're getting closer and closer to that that vote on a resolution saying we will now move to what's called an inquiry phase of the impeachment investigation and then we'll, we'll be able to gather more facts i think in a more timely fashion and then depending on how that goes we may in fact have to go to impeachment but but that's driven by the facts driven by the data um, uh, in us doing our constitutional duty as members of the legislative branch and that's that's all we can Got it. And, and key word there being timely fashion, because um, like I said, yep. TikTok, TikTok, we're moving toward the election in 2024, and, and we do need to pick up the pace here. You mentioned that October 7th meeting and, uh, and David Weiss telling um, uh, five other individuals. You want to hear from those five individuals. Do we know yeah, who we they are, or are you still trying to ferret that yeah, out? Yeah, we do. We do. We do. There's two RS agents, two FBI agents, another, another uh, assistant U.S. attorney in that meeting, along with Mr. Weiss and Mr. Shapley. So we do want to we, we do want to talk to those individuals, and we're looking at uh, pursuing that here just as quickly as we possibly can. But um, that we think is, Will a, you is subpoena a key them? meeting. 
Will you subpoena them, or well, do you have to we, invite them first? If, if, if we have to, uh, there's there's a process that you typically go through back and forth. Uh, but, yeah, we're moving as quick as we can to get, get that information because we think that's that's critical. And, and now understand, too, Mr. Weiss, the Justice Department has indicated that they will have their, their – they will make Mr. Weiss available to come in and talk uh, to the peer before the Judiciary Committee uh, sometime late next month or early in October, and we'll see if they're if they're going to continue to do that. They said that before Merrick Garland named a special counsel. We'll see if that all changes now that that he's in this special counsel status. Typically, when there's special counsel, they don't come talk to Congress until they've finished their investigation and and most often issued some kind of report. Um, but I don't know. If, I don't know if we can wait for that, and we'll have to. We'll have to see if they if they stand by their offer they they gave us about a month ago. Congressman, I've got just one more for you. We're going to go all the way out to Hawaii now, and um, it, it's mm-hmm. such an amazing string of events that have happened there. It's very very unusual. It's kind of a I don't, it's kind of a moment in time, I suppose. But you have you have strong hurricane offshore hurricane winds uh, catching uh, uh, at sixty to seventy miles an hour a fire that started on Maui that may have been started by the electrical company there by some negligence, but but the strong winds blow it and the entire city of Lahaina is destroyed. A massive massive disaster situation there so you got that happening now hurricane hillary uh is blowing and uh, causing all kinds of havoc uh on los angeles in southern california and at the same time an earthquake happens so all of these things happening at the same time have led the democrats to freaking out and using this of course never let a good crisis go to waste let's continue Mm -hmm. the green energy push and they want (coughs) joe biden to declare a climate emergency what does such an emergency declaration mean for us? Well, uh, I mean, Joe Biden said he did that a while back, I and mean, when he really hadn't, uh, <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's probably just more of this, more of the same, where they uh, drive up the cost of energy, drive up the cost of living for middle class families. I mean, we talked about this last week, Bob. The average family now is spending seven hundred bucks, seven hundred and I think four dollars more per month than they were under President Trump. I mean, real dollars. Because of the inflation, because of the stupid energy policy, the ridiculous spending, all the things, all the policies the Democrats have put in place. Um, so it, it means more of that in the end. And it's, it's why it's probably why that so many Americans have rallied around this song, Richmond, North of Richmond. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you've talked about it, but, oh, but yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is phenomenal because th- this song just speaks to normal, regular folks. Like like the like our family, like your family, like the folks I get to represent in the fourth district of Ohio, who were fed up with the nonsense and the BS, as as the uh, the songwriter and, and performer has in in the lyrics. So th- there's probably more of that kind of ridiculous stuff that's only going to tell more and more middle class regular Americans across this country that this administration is so out of touch. Well, and and you know what I what I really want people to focus on here too, and and maybe you can make them do it better than I can is is the reality that let's just say for the sake of the discussion to to appease these nuts, let's just say that we could control the climate and we could control hurricanes and we could control when earthquake cat where earthquakes happen by 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 uh, you know human human beings you know reducing the the uh, the output of carbon and so on and so forth. We're one country. 
And we are nowhere near the worst carbon-emitting and polluting country on the planet. China and India, which, of course, are the two largest by population, are doing nothing. We can't change, even if human beings could control climate and control those things, we couldn't do it just by by taxing the American people alone and by doing all of the things you described to us. It would still be pointless unless the entire world got on board. And even then, uh, a lot of climate scientists say it still wouldn't matter. Carbon is not the issue here. Right. No, it, it makes no sense. And we're already doing more than all the other places. We're, we're, we're the largest economy in the world. We're already doing more than everyone else. China's not doing it. It's like, what are we trying to do? It's like strapping in, in, the, in the race for economic superiority in the world. We're putting a big old weight on the American economy for, for no real benefit when we're already doing better uh, with emissions than any other country. Right. It makes no sense. It changes sense. nothing. But it changes nothing. That's the left. Every one of their policies make no sense, but what they do do is give the, quote, elite, the folks in D.C. and New York, the big guys who run the hedge funds, the big people who run the government, it gives them more power to run our lives. Again, I go back to that song, know what you do, know what you think, try to control your life. That's what they're trying. That's the end result. So for, for no real benefit to the, to the, to the climate, so, uh, and a lot of harm to families. And that's, that's why we got to fight it, and that's why we, we continue to take the position we do and speak out in the way we do. Well, Congressman Jordan, you did it to me. Now I'm going to have to close our interview with this. Well, I'm going to try to anyway. Working all day. <laughs> there it is. Overtime hours. It really. so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. Congressman, you know, I'll just since you brought it up, I'll just ask you this. Why do you think it is that this is considered a quote-unquote conservative anthem? All of these songs that come out, like, you know, uh, uh, Try That in a Small Town, things like that, they call them conservative anthems. All they are is pro-America, pro-working man, pro-family. You know, you know the, these types of things, are they conservative anthems because those things are what leftists are opposed to? They're opposed to pro-family? They're opposed to pro-American messages? Probably, probably, but it speaks to, to, speaks to regular Americans. And, and the, you know, again, the, the, the people in, in charge, the people in power don't like it. It's why they're against President Trump. Because he spoke to regular Americans, and more importantly, he fought for regular Americans. It's amazing to me that that you have this 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 billionaire from New York who connects with regular people, who truly cares about this great country, the greatest country ever, and it's it's the same phenomena. And people have had it; they're sick of it all. They're sick of paying seven hundred dollars more per month for groceries and gas, and and for their family, they're sick of it all. And, um, you know, I, I think that's why you're seeing him push back and you're seeing President Trump's numbers just continue to climb with each of these new ridiculous uh, and stupid indictments. Yeah. And uh, 700 bucks a month, by the way, over the course of a 12 month year is eighty four hundred dollars. That would be like every American being given an eighty four hundred dollar pay cut. How how would you feel if you walked into work on Monday morning and your boss said, by the way, we're cutting your pay by eighty four hundred dollars a year? Yep. Uh, most yep. Americans couldn't survive that. And guess what? They're not surviving it, which is why uh, it is so you know imperative for us to change leadership in this country. Congressman Jim yep. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate thank you, it. Bob. Take thank care, you. Buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. Is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to. The people like me, the people like you, wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is living in the new world. 
Waking Up America from its woke slumber. Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on The Answer. 1034, Always Right Radio. Appreciate you being with us. Just uh, chuckling at the the Biden story. You got Eric Adams crying. I did this in the first hour. I'm not going to redo it, but Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, crying about, oh, there's too many illegal immigrants here. How come they're all coming to New York? How come they're all coming to New York? We're a sanctuary city, but we don't want to actually have to provide sanctuary for them. Uh... Meanwhile, the next headline, Biden administration selling unused pieces of Trump's border wall. <laughs> the steel's laying there in the desert, just waiting to be put up. They're big, long, 30-foot-tall panels and tubes and hollow beams. Oh, they just lay in there horizontally. All we got to do is stand them up vertically, and we can stop so many of the millions, 5 million-plus since Biden has been in office alone coming across that border. And instead of Eric Adams going to the White House or going to Rehoboth Beach and telling Biden, put that stuff up, stop selling it off, uh, he's going to sit there and crowd to the media every day. It's unbelievable. Meanwhile, third headline in a row, U.S. officials along the border with Mexico processed 183,503 times in July as illegal crossings jumped by 33% from June to July. 33% increase. Meanwhile, Biden's selling the... It's, I mean, I'm picturing it in my head. I, 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 there's no video of it, but I'm picturing... The illegal aliens walking across the beams that are laying there in the desert that are supposed to be put up as a border wall, walking, you know, like when you're a kid and you see a two-by-four or something like that, laying, and you'll kind of, like, put your arms out and balance as you walk it, you know, one foot in front of the other and walk a two-by-four. I'm just picturing them dancing and walking on the beams, walking on the steel plating and everything that's waiting there to be put up uh, from when, uh, when Trump was president. And uh, nope, nope, nope. Rather than put that up and actually stop those people from coming across and dancing on it, uh, we're, we'll sell it. We'll sell it for pennies on the dollar, by the way. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. TJ is in uh, Cleveland. Hi, TJ. Thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Fire away. Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, I'm going to tell you, the biggest threat to us losing this election next year is not Biden and a Democrat. Mm-hmm. The biggest threat is the never-Trumpers and the forever-Trumpers in our own party. If we lose this election, it'll be on them. And And... I want to bring up another point. I called a couple. Well, of- let me let me let me hit that part before you go to your next one because I want to respond to it. I think you're almost 100 percent right. Um, I truly believe that there is middle America, moderate America, centrist America, the ones who aren't hardcore Democrats or hardcore Republicans who typically decide elections, typically um, based on turnout. Um, there are millions of them in that middle of the of the road who are independent and who will not vote for a convicted felon. Even if Donald Trump is, if he's convicted but not sentenced to prison and is thus allowed to serve, I don't know what the Constitution says about that, but if he is allowed to run even though he's been convicted, there are going to be millions, I believe, of middle Americans, independent Americans, centrist Americans who will not pull the lever for a convicted felon. So you're right when you say if we lose this election and Donald Trump is the guy, uh, you know, it's going to be all on us because of the never Trumpers in the party. They're idiots. And because of those who are only Trumpers, you know, in the event that Trump cannot run and we have another nominee and the only Trumpers sit, Trumpers sit the election out, 
that would be all on us. But I also think that that middle portion of Americans who are independent, who will not vote for a, uh, for a convicted felon, like I said, are going to play a role, too. Well, that may be. <clears throat> but, you know, I made a call to you a couple months ago with a hypothetical. Okay. If Trump is convicted, what would happen with the Secret Service? Would they have to serve prison time with them to protect them? <laughs> and, and you, well, you kind of poo-pooed it back then, yeah. Bob. You, you, you said I basically did. I it's did. never going to happen. Now, not only is it looks like it's possible to happen, it's going to happen. And I'll tell you why. Even if you get one or two jurists on one of these deep blue juries uh, uh, polls yeah. that sees there's no case here, they're still going to vote guilty to convict because they don't want to go home and be known as the jurist that let Donald Trump off the hook. I can totally see that, yeah. Now, and, I can totally only, see that. Yeah, the only question now, I think, is after he gets convicted, which he's going to be, probably in all these cases, when he appeals, will he be able to stay out of jail on an appeal? That, that's the only question I see right now, and, because and, uh, they're going to do everything they can to incarcerate him. I brought that up last week, too. Can he stay out of jail or prison while he hears his appeals are heard? The chances are very, very good, because all of the crimes that he's you know being charged with are nonviolent. Typically, they will not necessarily lock up somebody awaiting their appeals uh, if they're nonviolent. If somebody is a vi- if somebody's accused of murder or convicted of murder or, or other violent crimes, uh, they might indeed keep them out of the population, you know, the you know keep them in prison and away from the general population i don't mean the general population of prison i mean people uh in in society uh because they are a threat obviously especially if they've got nothing to lose now that they've already been convicted but as a non-violent offender if this were to go down this way they would probably keep him out and if he is convicted tj and this is the reason i kind of chuckled a little bit you know he's not going to san quentin or he's not going to, you know, I mean, if he did have to serve time, which is, again, Lord only knows, um, it would probably be in the most, you know, uh, country club-esque, nonviolent offender. He's not going to be in a place where rapists and other people want to get a shot at him, uh, uh, you know, as a, as a president of the United States. He's going to be in probably the most secure prison environment for his own protection as he could possibly be in. I doubt very seriously whether not secret service would have to be involved in that because the system itself would make sure that he's kept in total safety yeah and don't don't forget bob one of the most influential men in america back in the 30s was who al capone yeah i mean he he owned everybody yeah when they nailed him on a tax charge where did they send him not to a country club they sent him to the worst uh prison they could send him to Right, but so, he was a but he was a violent criminal. Everybody knows, even though they only got him on tax evasion, they know he led the the Chicago mob for crying out loud. The mafia. No, no I'm hits. just saying, with all his influence, he couldn't keep from you know yeah. from being sent there. He, and he had a lot of influence back then, a lot. Yeah. No, I I don't know how this is going to develop. All I know is one thing. You're right on one thing. Whoever the nominee is, everybody in our party, whether you hate Trump or you love Trump, you've got to vote for whoever we nominate. It, right. It's a must because without that, we lose next year. Agreed, hundred percent agree, uh, and that's that's the message I've been trying to send. And I and thank you, TJ, for the call. I've been trying to say the same thing. If Donald Trump is our nominee, I will use one million percent of my efforts to get him elected. And I'll go all the way down and say, if Doug Burgum is our nominee, I will use one million of my, percent of my uh, my ability to get him elected. If Nikki Haley or Chris Christie. Or Mike Pence, or anybody that's not a left-wing Democrat, a Marxist, Stalinist, 
socialist, communist style Democrat runs our country for the next four, after this four disastrous years, we'll never recover, for crying out loud. I mean, seriously, just by process of keeping the worst of the worst out of the White House, every Republican needs to vote for whomever it is at the top of the ticket. I don't care if you hate Ron DeSantis because Donald Trump poisoned your your mind against him and somehow declared that Ron DeSantis is a rhino, deep stater, controlled by the Bushes and the Romneys and the people like that. I don't care if you poisoned your mind into believing that somehow Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, who was fired from his job, who killed scores of people with his COVID policies, was better a better governor than Ron DeSantis? Who, who was just marvelous in Florida for four years to the point where he went from winning by 1% in his first time to 19% in his second time because the state of Florida was just booming and exploding in such positive ways. I don't care if you hate him. I don't care if, you, if it's Mike Pence and you still think he's a traitor because he didn't uh, um, uh, decertify the electors in order to get the audits done that everybody wanted him to do on January 6th. I don't care who it is. Whoever it is will not be a left-wing, socialist, Marxist, communist Democrat who won't be trying to use globalist forces to destroy the independent, capitalist republic that we were gifted by our founding fathers. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. If you are so only Trump in that field where you say it's Trump or nobody and I'm not voting... You are an enemy of the state, an enemy of our great republic. If you say, I'm only going to vote for Trump, and if he's not able to be there, then I'll, I'll write in his name, knowing full well that writing candidates cannot be, if they were actually candidates in primaries, they cannot be, uh, um, uh, become president. If you waste your vote that way, you're giving the Democrats, the, 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 the Marxists, the power to destroy the country. That makes you an enemy. I'm sorry. You can't do it. That's why it's so important, I think, for Trump to set the example. Sign the pledge. The same pledge that every other Republican on that debate stage is signing, which says, I will support the eventual nominee, whomever it might be, because that's what our country demands of us. What's right for the country, what's right for the people, and not letting our, our, our hurt feelings and our, our stompy foot madness, oh, my guy didn't win, I'm not voting for any of them, hell with it. The, the, the fourth grade mentality that says I'm not going to vote for anybody but my guy, and if my guy isn't there, I'm not voting at all, or I'll vote for the other guy in protest. You, you do that, you're, you're, you're literally killing the, demo- the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the Democratic Republic, the Constitutional Republic, the Representative Republic that we have. You're killing it. I can't be more clear about that. I, I don't understand how anybody can dispute it either. Kay is in North Ridgeville. Uh, Kay, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Fire away. Uh, hi, Bob. Boy, I, I just, I, I've listened to you now and the hole's getting deeper that you're digging. Um, okay, so I, I agree with you on a lot of things, but this one I strongly, strongly disagree you're telling me that um, as a American, I don't have a choice in this because my first choice and everyone's first choice is very clear who our first choice is. We can't vote for him 
because he's going to get convicted. And we all know that those those convictions and those those charges are bogus. We all know that. Yet no one is standing up and saying, stop, this is wrong. So I can't vote for my first choice. Okay, nothing you just said is true. Okay, nothing you just said is true. Okay, wait. Wait, no, wait, no, no, hold on, no, hold on, because I need to respond to what you just said, because I didn't tell you you can't vote for. I told you you, you said, might not have the, no, 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 I didn't. I'm going to no, tell you, you what I said. you said, you called, you, you used a disparaging term for someone that is going to vote for just Trump and can't pick a second candidate. Did you not say that? No, no. What I said was, is if you don't vote for the nominee, even if it's not Trump, if you say if it's not Trump and it's somebody else, then I'm just not going to vote at all. That is what I, that's what I said, the disparaging term. I said it's anti-American. It absolutely is, because you're selling out the country to the left. You'd be rewarding the Democrats who are bringing these bogus charges against him with an even bigger victory by giving them four more years of power to do even worse things to other people, including maybe you and me. That's what I said. So you're, okay, so you are saying you must have a second choice. So we don't really have a constitutional republic because no one is allowed to choose their first choice because of what's happening right you now. Keep saying, you keep saying the wrong thing. Hey, you're not correct. You're not correct. You're also not quoting me correctly. I'm saying that you may not have a choice insofar as if he is a convicted felon, if they railroad him into prison, if they use these bogus charges and tainted left-wing juries and tainted left-wing prosecutors with tainted left-wing judges to railroad him into jail, he may not be able to serve as president. If that's the case, then we have to say, what do we do now? Do we allow the people who did it to him to, to, to gain more power by giving them another four years in winning an election against somebody else that would be on the top of the ticket that we won't support just on our own anger and, 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 and rage about what they did to President Trump? You keep saying, I'm telling you, you can't vote for him if he's convicted. I never said that. You can play back the I, tape I, if you want. I said you may not be given the choice if he's not able to run and able to serve. And as such, you better have a plan B in mind. You better look very carefully on Wednesday at the first debate. In mind. I do have a plan B in mind. And my, my plan B is to not allow any of this to happen. You are assuming that the elections are going to be fair, that we, if we pick our second choice and they go up against the Democrats, that they're going to have a fair election. We already know that the elections are not fair anymore. We're, we're beyond that. So settling for a second choice. But wait a minute. What are, what are you saying? What are you saying? Kay, you are what making zero sense. Okay. 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 Listen, longer. even if I stipulate to you that the elections are not fair, because we know we have seen a number of we them know that not. we're not. We right. know they're not. Correct. Right. So what are you saying? Because we know they're not, that what? We just don't participate in them? We don't, we don't run a campaign of, for, for somebody who, who is eligible to run, who is, who hasn't been, you know, uh, disqualified from running, like I said in the case we're talking about. You're saying that because we know the election won't be fair, we surrender and what, not have one? No, you're the one who's saying we're, we're surrendering. What I'm saying is we fight. We say no. We will not participate in this anymore. The system is broken. You're quitting. Okay, you have no idea how insane you sound. 
You are quitting if you say, well, fight. Well, we're not participating in this anymore. This if you don't participate in the election, Kay, exactly then you give them they, what they want. They, you give them power no. without even having to, to, to win it. No. I say we stop this right now and we tear apart this election system and we redo What does that it. mean? What does that mean? And Explain the, that. And Explain that. that. Means, how does that, how do we, that quote, means, tear apart the election means, system? What does that mean? Okay, so if that means... We, we turn into a country that lives with two parties. So be it. Because obviously we can't live together in one party. We can't. Okay, you're not offering so, anything what, here. You're offering nothing. You said, here's what we do. We tear apart the election system. Tell me what that looks like. Give me day one of Kay's plan to tear. This is how we, this is how we stop this. We tear apart the election system. Tell me what that looks like. Day one, you, you are talking to people who are in power. Uh, uh, how do we make that happen? Tell me that. Okay. Let me give you an example about... Let's, no, no, let's answer my question. Don't change the question. Answer that question. No, you said I'm, our I'm answer is, do we like. stop this? We fight, and we tear apart the election system that we know is broken. Okay. You, you, you say that, you can't just, you can't just say that. We stop participating in ESG, okay? Don't participate in ESG. Okay? That's one way. Another way. You should be doing that anyway. Party. You should be doing that anyway, okay. but that's not going to change the are outcome the of an election. Are the Republicans fighting against that? They are not. They are not. Okay, so this you tell, so, so, so hold on, so your plan, so your plan is to, hold on, your plan, your plan, if Donald Trump can't run, if they are successful in cheating him and railroading him into a prison cell, your answer is, let's not, uh, let, let, let's, uh, let's not, uh, support ESG. That's your answer? What does that mean? You're, 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 you're twisting my words. Really? No, I asked what you I'm directly you. what you would do, and you said, well, we would stop supporting ESG, companies that invest no, in ESG. We would- Stop supporting all the Democratic platforms. ESG is one of those platforms. Wearing masks during COVID was one of those platforms. Now the masks are going to be coming back. We as a country need to stand up. We as independent voters need to stand up and say, enough. This is our country. And you that and that stops the Democrat and that stops the Democrats from and that stops the Democrats. Okay, and that stops the Democrats from winning the 2024 presidential election. How? You know what? They're going to win it anyway. It's a corrupt system. So you've already surrendered. So why they're going? I am not surrendering. You I just said they've already won. You quit. They you quit. have already won. You know, they just stole the election this in 2020. Do you think they're not going to do it in 24? So you're you saying if the, you're saying if they're going to steal the election and we cannot win it, so we just don't fight it? No, we fight it by saying we won't participate. We're going to build a different system. And how do we do that? You just asked me, how do we do that? What does that look like? That looks like we get people who are in Washington, D.C., who don't send millions of dollars over to Ukraine, who use that money for our people. We put in so, 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 in so you say, so again, so, so you're saying then it's an election system. Now hold on. I want you to think about the, the, the reason you're using here. When I say reason as in logic, okay? You're saying the election system is broken, they cheat and they Are steal, and the ant, no, Are I'm not, not saying that, I'm not disagreeing with you. Not at all. But, okay, but here's, so here's where, here's where you're reading. No, okay, stop. Okay, stop. Let me make the point, okay? You said the election system is broken and they cheat and yes. so forth. And then you said the answer to fixing that is to elect new congressmen who won't send money to Ukraine and yada, 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 yada. Well, to if the election system is system. broken, how is the election system the answer? 
to create a new election system to create. I don't know what that looks like, but we got we got to we got to figure this out. Okay. Well, I can tell you what it doesn't look like, Kay. It doesn't look like four more years of Joe Biden. Our second choice isn't going to win. Well, you're right. If people like you actually have have a say in this, if you say they're never going to win and we shouldn't even try, Kay, think about it. Uh, listen, I admire your passion. I, I admire I'm it and I respect trying. it. I'm tired of trying. But, but you know what? You can't be tired of trying. Otherwise, you, they have worn you down. Do you need, how much more evidence do you need that both systems are corrupt? How much evidence? How much evidence do you need, though, to, to, to understand that if you give up and surrender because you feel like you can't win in a corrupt system, that you've given them exactly what they wanted? They've worn you I've down never, to the point where you don't even fight up. anymore. You're the one putting words in my mouth. I've never said I would give up or surrender. Well, I never you, said that. You, you kind of did build, when you said let's we... Let's build you, back you, better. Let's you, build back better. Yeah, right? I know. I know. But, but, really? but Kay, I mean, but Kay, Kay, listen, what what you're saying is... When I ask you what we do to stop them, you say, well, we, we change the whole system. Well, how do we change the system without getting people elected who can change the system? And if your answer is that the elections are already rigged, then you're saying there's no chance. Do, do, I mean, you've got to follow from step elections. A to step B to step this, C. No, this system that we have in place now where you have mail-in ballots, that has got to stop. It's got to stop. I agree with that. There's a way to make free and fair and elections. many And many states, by the way, many, many states since the 2020 fiasco have done exactly that. No more mail-in and, and other than absentee it. and no more drop, uh, drop boxes, you know, the, the ridiculous drop boxes it. and ballot harvesting and so forth. Yeah, you're right. Right. But, but, but again, I, we have to keep coming back to this. The original point of our conversation was about casting a vote in the presidential election. You want President Trump, and I say, good, go for it. But I say, if President Trump is not available for whatever reason, by hook or by crook, that they cheat him and they, and they railroad him into prison, you're saying none of the second choices can win. That says you're not even going to try. So how do you so how do you how do you change all of those things you just said without electing people who are going to be way better than Joe Biden? How do you how do you how do you just throw in the towel and say we can't win with a second guy? If we can't win with a second guy for crying out loud, then you're essentially saying that it's hopeless. And I'm not I'm okay. not going to believe that. I'm not going to believe it's hopeless. And I'm not going to reward the guys who are railroading Trump by giving them more unchecked power. By giving Joe Biden four more years. Why aren't fighting against that? Why aren't Republicans fighting against that? That's what I want to know. Why aren't they fighting against that? Why are they silent? Why do they tweet and then have no action? Why why is that? I, I don't know how to answer your question because that's what I've been fighting this entire time. I am fighting to stop them from being rewarded. I am fighting to make sure that we have somebody who can beat them in 2024. If it's Trump, it's great. If it's not Trump, rigged. somebody else. It, 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 yeah, yeah I, we, we are saying the same thing, but I think you, you still believe that we have a fair and free election. Well, and that's because, I, that's I, because I, I have not let Trump the Democrats is. defeat me and take away my hope. I am absolutely well, going to fight every pretty, step of the way. Obvious. Yeah, well, I know that, Kay. I know that, Kay. Kay, thank you for the call. God bless you. God bless uh, your passion. Just, I, I think there's a sense of reality that is missing there. Um, I just, I really do. Um, wow. Great conversation, though. We'll take a time out here and come back. Always Right Radio. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. 
We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Darkness. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. All right, hour number two now, underway on AM 1420. The answer. Thanks again to Congressman Jim Jordan. Really great conversation there. I um, I want to I want to bring up a couple of uh, points on the debate that's starting up on two or uh, excuse me on Wednesday, as we start hour number two. Um, you 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 you're gonna have to come to terms, I think, maybe with the fact that the next president of the United States might be on that stage. All right. I'm not saying you have to like it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're an only Trumper, which, by the way, I highly, highly recommend you not be. Being an only Trumper is just this side of being as dangerous as being a never Trumper. You should be neither one of those things. You should be neither. If you if you dismiss Trump out of hand and say no way, never, you're an idiot. If you say only Trump and that's the only person I'll vote for and nobody else, no matter what, even if he's not able to win, that's idiotic too. Don't be a never Trumper and don't be an only Trumper. Be an open-minded conservative and look for the best person, the most conservative person in a position to win. Because that's what this has to be about. I did a video. I started doing Bob France Road Rants again. I haven't done them for a few years, but I've I've done like three or four of them now. And they're just on my social media, on my Facebook, my Rumble, my Twitter. And they did a road rant the other day when I was driving around. I was listening to, I think it was Dr. Gorka. Uh, I'll be in for Dr. Gorka, by the way, on Thursday and Friday this week. But I was listening, I think it was Gorka. Um, and they were talking about the, you know, the chances of how things could break down and shape up in this, in this uh, primary and then in the general election. And I, uh, and, and I kind of talked a little bit about on the, on the road rant video that I did, what I talked about on the air a little bit last week. There is a very, 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 serious threat of Donald Trump going to prison. That's not something, you know, you think can possibly happen, right? And why? Why do you think it can't happen? Because we live in a just society, and innocent people don't go to prison, right? Isn't that what we all think? We live in a just society with the best criminal justice system in the world, And when bogus charges are filed against innocent people or when they overreach on charges that might be legitimate, but they overreach and do things to one individual that they would not do to others solely for political purposes, we believe, we want to believe, we have to believe, I think, for our own, you know, belief in the country and for our own sanity and for our own sense of hope and and hopefulness. We want to believe, well, they can't be successful. They won't, they won't be able to convict him. These bogus things will be exposed, and they'll go away. And what I said on the road rant is what I'm going to say right now. Don't be too certain that justice is going to prevail. They may railroad him into some convictions and some, some, some sentences that may include jail time. 
or prison time. And you're thinking, oh, no way. You don't want to think that. So you don't think that. I'm telling you, start thinking that. I don't want to think that's possible either. But you better understand and you better come to grips with the fact that he's being charged in some of the most left-wing jurisdictions in America. His case in Manhattan is flimsy. I mean, the case against him is flimsy as all get out. It had no business being brought by overstuffed Alvin Bragg. But it's being brought in Manhattan. What's Manhattan look like politically? It's, it's as deep blue as it gets in the country. So guess where the jury pool comes from? A deep blue population of Manhattanites. Guess who's prosecuting him? A deep blue Soros prosecutor who will cheat, lie, and do anything he has to to convict Donald Trump. And guess who's going to oversee the proceedings? Very likely a deep blue left-wing judge. You don't think there's a chance that he could get convicted by a by a biased left-wing jury listening to a biased left-wing prosecutor? I got news for you. He could be. Don't want it. Telling you to prepare for the possibility. Then he's going to face a trial over the document scandal in, in Mar-a-Lago, but he's not facing that trial in Florida where he should be. They moved it to Washington, D.C. What's Washington, D.C.'s political demographic? Answer is it's worse than Manhattan's. It's a deeper shade of blue. Some 95% of the registered voters in D.C. are Democrats. He's going to be prosecuted by a left-wing Democrat prosecutor and probably before another left-wing Washington, D.C. judge. You don't think there's a chance he could be convicted on some of the 30-plus charges he's facing there and potentially be sentenced to jail? The other one is the January 6th ridiculous indictment in which they're charging him with a host of things, obstructing official proceedings, and so on and so forth, all related to the January 6th uh, uh, riot, what started out as a protest that was whipped into a Fed-driven, frenzied riot. I strongly believe that the Feds did indeed whip that up. But anyway, they're trying to take him down for that. Where's that one being held? D.C.? Like I said, should, should it's it's same left-wing jury pool, same left-wing prosecutor, same left-wing judge. And then we go down to Georgia, which we read to you last week some of this. Fulton County, Georgia, 75%. 75% of the registered voters in 2020 in Fulton County, Georgia, voted for Biden. It's Even though Georgia itself might not be a deep blue state, Fulton County and Atlanta, they are. They are deep blue. So guess what you have? A jury pool of Donald Trump's quote-unquote peers, right? Left-wingers who hate him will be on that jury pool, or in that jury pool. Left-wingers uh, in the prosecutor's office, and probably a left-wing judge. So do you understand my point? You might be all in for President Trump, and that's fine, but if you are so... What's the phrase I want to use here? If you are so devoted to the idea of Trump or no one, then we're going to give the Democrats another four years plus. If you don't find somebody on that debate stage Wednesday night 
that you like enough to say, if I can't have Trump, I'll have blank, then you're going to hand power to the Democrats again. I don't want to be, I don't like being the bearer of bad news. And I certainly don't want any of this to be true. But I'm telling you, if you just think that the system will correct itself and that unjust prosecutions will, will go away, that justice and fairness and the law will win out and Donald Trump will be acquitted of the dozens and dozens and dozens of charges he's facing collectively in four different trials, in four different left-wing jurisdictions, actually three because two of them are in, in D.C., but three different left-wing jurisdictions, we, you just think that they can't win. Evil can't win. Guess what? Sometimes evil wins. Sometimes the bad guy gets away with the stolen car and it's never recovered. Sometimes the child who is kidnapped and trafficked is gone forever. Sometimes people get killed by bad people and there's no bringing them back. Sometimes bad guys win. And sometimes... If bad guys win in cases like this, we have to find a way to pick up the pieces and move forward and not just say, then I surrender and I give up. I'm not going to compound my loss by giving those who made it happen more power. Does that make sense to you? I'm trying to be as, as, as fair and honest with you as I possibly can here. The reality is that the next president might be on that stage Wednesday, and Donald Trump has already confirmed he will not be there. I mean, to that point, I will say something that I said online yesterday. I just put a one-word on Twitter, on my Twitter feed. Uh, I put a one-word response to the news that Trump confirms he will not debate. And the word I put is weak, because it's weak. It's absolutely weak. And I see people say, oh, why should he have to fight all of these idiots on stage? He's got such a huge lead. Well, that would be like the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing saying, why do I have to fight any of these contenders? None of them are as good as me. None of them are as popular as me. I already hold the belt. Why should I fight them? I'm just going to keep this belt forever and be known as the forever heavyweight champion. Well, you know what happens when the champion doesn't defend his title and doesn't take on the challengers? In the boxing world, they strip them of the title. I think in the political world, while it won't be a stripping of the title, I think it does indicate somebody who's afraid to fight. Why would Donald Trump be afraid to fight on a debate stage? I don't know. But I don't think that this is how it's supposed to be done. And the worst part about this idea of Donald Trump not debating on Wednesday is, and especially if he doesn't debate, because he has floated the idea, according to the reports, um, he has floated the idea of not debating in any of the debates. It gives Joe Biden an excuse to do what in the general election cycle? If it comes down to it and President Trump isn't convicted in any of these things and everything is full speed ahead, okay, let's, let's, let's take that for, for a moment. It's Trump against Biden. Trump would be licking his chops trying to get Biden on a debate stage, and now that Biden has a record as president and can be compared against Trump's record as president, in which case Biden will go down in in flames, Joe Biden would be able to say, why should I fight? Why should I debate? Donald Trump didn't debate to get his nomination. And he'd be able to avoid that head-to-head showdown. So the, the large picture here is, 
never Trumpers are idiots. I think being an only Trumper is dangerous. You can't be an only Trumper. There's a meme that flies around online every time there's something negative about Donald Trump that happens or something that he says or some you know, new indictment or, or whatever. There's a meme that people float. <clears throat> and it's, um, yeah, I think it's a frog. It might be Kermit, but he's holding a sign that says, don't care, still voting Trump. And it floats every time something bad happens or every time something really does make Donald Trump look bad. Don't care, still voting Trump. Some, somebody could point out that Trump was responsible for Operation Warp Speed and still defends the jabs that we now know have been very, very dangerous for many, many people. Don't care, still voting Trump. That's an only Trumper who puts those things up there. That's a dangerous thing to be because you may not have Trump to choose from. He may not be able to be in this thing. And if he isn't, then what are you going to do? If you are one of those who says, I will sit it out, or I'll vote for the Democrat, or I'll write Donald Trump's name in before I'll vote for DeSantis, or Scott, or Haley, or Christie, or whatever. If, if you are such an only Trumper that you will not support the Republican nominee, whomever it might be, then you will be handing more power to the Democrats. You will be giving them an opportunity, a license, essentially, to, uh, to continue the destruction of this country as you know it and I do. Uh, for another four years, and maybe beyond that. So my 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 point to this is, my strong advice is, and I'd love your response to it at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five is, do not be an only Trumper, do not be a never Trumper, be a maybe Trumper, be a, if he gets through the 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 ridiculous stacked deck against him from a legal standpoint, and he's allowed to be our nominee. I am a one hundred percent in for Trumper. If he is. Uh, able to be in in uh, in the uh, in the primaries and in a general election, and that's your guy. Fine, then be. I am for Trump, but know that if you can't have your first choice, it's kind of like it's kind of like saying I'll only eat whatever your favorite food is, and if that food is taken away, you'll will you starve to death before you would eat something else? Chances are you'd go eat something else after you got hungry enough. Well, if Trump is your first choice, and if Trump isn't available to you for whatever reason, if bad guys win and somehow manage to to, to take him and lock him up, are you going to starve to death or are you going to find something else? I hope you're going to look on that stage on Wednesday and find something else. You better have a plan B is the point. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Let's talk on Always Right Radio. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. 
is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway now at nine minutes past 11 o'clock. We're going to take a break for a moment from presidential politics and a preview of Wednesday's first GOP primary debate to talk about, well, the uh, reopening of schools. Uh, Schools are back in session for a lot. Uh, It will be within the next week or so for many, many more. And some are waiting until right after uh, Labor Day to start the school year. But with school coming back, it's time to start uh, coming to the realization of what is happening once again. The schools are attempting, particularly the government-run schools, otherwise known as public schools, are attempting to indoctrinate your kids, to sexualize your kids, to groom your kids. This is just the reality that we have to uh, we have to face right now. I just put something on my Facebook page, which I've heard before, uh, but it was worth reminding people, and it just says, "Parents, please raise your sons to be men before your teachers." or before their teachers, rather, convince them that they're women. It's not a joke. One mother who realizes that is a woman named Janet Robertson. She is a mom of three kids in schools, young kids, uh, in Benicia, California. She gave a speech, a three-minute public commentary uh, presentation, to her local school board in Benicia, or Benicia, and I'll ask her how to pronounce that properly. But she gave a speech that ultimately led to her being fired from her job. And before I let you talk to her or listen to her, I want you to listen to her remarks to the school board. Hello, I'm Janet Robertson. I have three children in the district, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, At the last meeting, my time to speak was cut short, and there was so much to say about the new sexual education curriculum. I realize the curriculum has already been approved. I also realize that Ms. Rice, who I incorrectly was referring to as a doctor <laughs> last week or last month, um, explained that only three families out of 4,500 students in Benicia voiced concern about the curriculum. Our family has also been told that we can simply have our children opt out of the sex ed classes if we have an issue with the classes. But I would like to say to you, who are entrusted to represent and make decisions for our children, and to the community that may be watching this video, that we have a big concern with what is now being taught to children as young as 10 in Benicia, such as children are being asked to identify their pronouns, and this is now part of the 10-year-old curriculum. This forces a gender discussion beyond the scope of the state requirements and complicates an already overburdened classroom environment. We are alarmed that gender identity is now being discussed in math classes. This takes time from core learning and does not benefit the students or our community. Teaching kids that there isn't any standard or truth and that you can believe anything you want to believe is not scientifically accurate or medically correct. For example, the notion that a girl can decide to be a boy or a boy can decide to be a girl is not true and should not be taught. The new curriculum teaches that individuals can decide if they're male or female regardless of anatomy, does not explain that a boy cannot menstruate and a girl cannot impregnate someone. This is not scientific or medically accurate. Our 10-year-olds will now be taught that they can receive puberty blockers to prevent their body from going through changes that make them uncomfortable. All humans are uncomfortable during adolescence. To teach vulnerable children that a lifetime of dependence on medical care is a viable option is completely unacceptable and evil, frankly. The new curriculum encourages gender confusion, not gender clarification. All parents should question how this is helpful, scientifically sound, or medically accurate. 
12-year-olds will now be taught about oral and anal sex. 12-year-olds. So I get a little emotional about this because I think that's wrong. Um, the Ed Code 51933 requires that instruction and materials should be appropriate for use of pupils with, of all races, gender, sexual orientations, and ethnic and cultural backgrounds. Teaching children about oral and anal sex violates this law since several cultures would not find this teaching appropriate. When we asked, we were told the reason the curriculum removes the idea of male and female was to be more inclusive, but no longer include or no longer identifying females as having ovaries and males as having testes is not scientific, not medically accurate, and not true. It's nonsense. It's not a choice. People are not gender fluid, and to teach our children this is not okay. Um, we're appalled that the school district has adopted this curriculum. Thank you. Thank you. If anybody wants to. Okay. Now I'll let you decide for yourself how much hate you heard there. I'll let you decide for yourself if there was any profanity. I'll let you decide for yourself if there was anything there that would, could possibly be construed as being uh, less than respectful uh, and, uh, and, and very well informed in the presentation of said material. And then I'll let you decide for yourself whether or not you think this woman should have been fired from her job for the remarks she just made to that school board, because that's exactly what happened. Let's welcome Janet Robertson to the program. We do know now it is Benicia, Unified School District parent in California. She has a website that I will send you to that is called Benicia Freedom, BeniciaFreedom.org, B-E-N-I-C-I-A, BeniciaFreedom.org. Janet, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you? Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm just, I'm humbled that it's gotten this much attention, and I just really appreciate that you're letting your people know about what happened. Well, everybody needs to know, because this is not exclusive to you, to Benicia, or anywhere else. This is happening here in the state of Ohio. It's happening all across, across this country. We all know the agenda and how what they are doing to advance it. Um, and in advancing that agenda, they do not care whom they hurt. They do not care who they uh, destroy, what careers they destroy. Cancellation doesn't care. You were one of the victims of that. Tell us what happened to you uh, and your job after you uh, made those remarks to the school board. And I love what you just said. Cancellation doesn't care. That is so well said. So I spoke at the school board meeting and afterwards didn't really think much of it. I speak to them periodically over the years when I've had concerns about things. I knew that the curriculum had already been adopted, which bothered me greatly, but I certainly didn't expect it to affect my personal life that I'd spoken at the meeting. So shortly after, uh, several people in town started writing letters to the local newspapers and even to my uh, corporate headquarters. So I was a realtor, and I worked for a company called Compass, which is a national company. Um, and so we all, as, as realtors in town, report to New York is where our headquarters are. So, so these letter writers wrote to Compass Corporate and basically said that I was transphobic, homophobic, uh, racist. They brought up all kinds of, all the insults that Typically, people mm-hmm. yell at you if they're trying to silence you, none of which is true, by the way. I'm none of those things. And uh, after these letters were written to the newspapers and to my corporate headquarters, uh, one of the letters demanded that Compass Corporate uh, disassociate with me before May 1st, or they were going to go public with the fact that Compass employs a transphobe, homophobic person. So sure enough, on May 1st, the corporate representative on the West Coast called to tell me I could no longer do business with Compass, and I was just shocked. I couldn't believe that it happened, and it was all because of me speaking out and standing up for what our beliefs are. Who were these letter writers, and who organized them? 
So my understanding is it was really driven by a local group called the the Progressive Democrats of Benicia. So they have a pretty large club in our little town, and um, all the folks that were kind of behind the letters are members of that club. I'm aware that the Progressive Democrats of Benicia have come out and tried to distance themselves from this now. They have a public statement they made saying that they weren't behind it. It was just some rogue member (laughs) who wrote a letter. But the reality is, after Compass called to fire me on May 1st, Compass then reached out to the treasurer of the Progressive Democrats of Benicia to confirm that, in fact, I had been fired. And then there's an email chain. I I posted it on my website so people can see for themselves. But there's an email chain where you see several members of the Progressive Democrats of Benicia basically high-fiving themselves about the fact that I had been fired. Um, and so I think that's pretty indicative that this club was very much behind it, despite them saying that they're not. Well, I'm looking at uh, one of the letters, um, which I, I got from, I believe it is your website, um, from a, a Natalie Christian, who said, quote, it seems unfair to me that Compass, whose DEI policies I have reviewed at length, would be associated with such a hateful person. Um First of all, I, I do not did not find anything that you said hateful. You spoke very intelligently and articulately about realities of biology and the realities of science and scientific facts versus scientific falsehoods. About the inappropriateness of oral and anal sex being taught to twelve year olds in their in their middle schools or their their uh, upper age uh, upper grade elementary schools. Um, but nonetheless, let's suppose you were a hateful person. What in the world business is it of theirs? For your comments to a school, by the way, or a school board, uh, reflect in no way, shape, or form on real estate. So, what I'm curious as to, uh, or as to right now, is whether or not we're talking about just straight up First Amendment attacks here. Aside from the dispute on the transing of America and the grooming of children in such ways, we're just talking about they don't like the fact that you used your First Amendment rights to say something that they disagreed with, and you should pay for it with your job. Is that is that a, a fair summary? That is 100% true, and it's absolutely appalling, and I completely agree with you. Uh, absolutely, free speech should be protected regardless. Um, I most certainly didn't say anything hateful, but just as you said, even if I did, uh, this should not have any bearing on my profession, particularly since I never identified myself as a real estate agent or as a compass agent. I was just simply there as a mom of three children, you know, giving my opinion. So they hunted uh, you down. They, 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 they researched yes. you to find out how they could get back at you and how they could silence you. They absolutely did. I kind of chuckled because I thought, well, gosh, what if there was another Janet Robertson in town who had nothing to do with it? And they kind of outed her and they got the person wrong. I mean, it was amazing to me that the newspaper letters said that I was a Compass real estate agent because, again, it had no bearing on what mm-hmm. I said at the meeting. But you're 100 percent right, Bob. I completely agree. What did Compass say to you as the reason why they were parting company? So this was very interesting because as soon as I got the call, and I knew that there was some hubbub about this because my local team, my local Compass team, had called me several times and said, New York's not happy about this. You know, regional management's really unhappy that you spoke at the school board meeting. They don't like your little website, the the website you mentioned. Um, They were very unhappy. So I kind of knew that I'd be getting a call from New York at some point. 
so when when I finally did get a call from the regional manager, I said, well, why why are you calling me? Why are you saying I have to disassociate from the company, in essence, be fired? And he said, well, I'm not at liberty to say. So obviously, some someone there advised him uh, from a legal standpoint not not to say why. So I said, well, my business is great. We had a great year together last year. I'm selling houses. I've been very successful. And he said very clearly, this has nothing to do with business. And I said, so this has nothing to do with business? And yet you're telling me I can no longer be a compass agent? And he said, yes. So I think that says everything you need to know right there, that they got rid of me, nothing business related. Um, But yet they didn't really have the, they were too cowardly to tell me the actual reason why. But when you look at all of the data, and then you see that immediately after that phone call with me, they reached out to the progressive Democrats of Benicia to confirm why I'd been fired or that I had been fired. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's pretty clear. I don't think there's any question why. I hate to go right to this, but I can't help it because I feel like, you know, justice is, is, is deserved here. Have you talked to legal representation? Is this actionable? I did. So as soon as this happened, I was just devastated because, again, I'd had such a successful year with Compass. I'm actually retired law enforcement, and so I went into real estate as a retirement career. So I'd only been with Compass for about a year and a couple months um, when this all happened. In my first year, I'd, I'd sold over $7 million, so I, you know, I felt like the business was doing really great. And so for that to all fall out from under me, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, I need an income. <laughs> you know, I, this is terrible. So I went to several attorneys to see if there was some way I could get my job back or or figure out what I was going to do. And certainly more than that, just as an American who believes so strongly in the First Amendment, I wanted to make sure that this isn't okay, that they're not allowed to cancel people. I don't want any other parents canceled. I mean, that's terrible and un-American and certainly should be illegal. So here's the dilemma that I faced. One as a realtor, I'm an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of of Americans and a lot of your listeners are independent contractors too. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the laws in our country really protect employees. But if you have an independent contractor status where your contract says that whoever you're affiliated with can get rid of you at any time, and that's what my contract said, um, basically, I didn't really have any any footing there. So Mm -hmm. that was Super disappointing. And yeah. then as far as going after the progressive Democrats of Benicia to say, hey, you can't do this. You can't cancel someone who disagrees with you. Um, the problem is a lot of law, a lot of states have what's called anti-slap laws. And California is one of them. And slap is an acronym. Um, I'd have to look it up. I don't, I don't want to tell you incorrectly. But in essence, anti-slap laws are set up to protect free speech, which sounds great, right? Like, excellent. However, what it does basically is it allows people to say anything they want in the public square to include defamation, slander, to include them saying, Janet's a compass real estate agent, even though it had nothing to do with it. Call me a transphobe, a homophobe, all those things, all of which not true. The anti-slap provisions in the state of California basically protect that free speech for them. So if I do try to go after them for having gotten me fired, um, it's very, very likely the courts will find that what they said is protected as free speech, which means then I would have to pay for all of their legal fees, including mine, and I just can't afford it. I mean, I'm just, you know, a humble mom with not much right. money. 
So that's what yeah. happened. And you've got so many strikes against you. First, you're a mom who actually opposes the sexualization of kids in school, yes. and you happen to be a former law enforcement. So yes. <laughs> you're already going to be the enemy right. of the progressive left. There's no question that's about right. that. We're talking to Janet Robertson. She is a, a mom in Benicia, California. If you missed her story, you're going to need to go back and listen to this uh, podcast at the end of the day. Um, I'm wondering about um, the support, if there is any at all in your community. You know, I look, I'm here in Ohio, and I think the worst of California, because I have a reason to think the worst of California, and I assume there's nobody else in the state that thinks like you, but that's probably a little bit extreme. Do you have any support in your community? Are there any other parents who have spoken out on these things to the school board besides you? I have been so humbled since this all became national news. I've received so many emails, texts phone calls. I can't even get back to everyone. And I'm just so grateful for the outpouring of support. Most of it from other places in the nation. But I will say in Benicia, quite a few parents have have gotten a hold of me and just thanked me for speaking up and have said that they are afraid because they can't lose their jobs either. So there's definite fear in this little town that I'm in. um, And that just breaks my heart. And I've told everyone, I hope I inspire people to be courageous, because if more parents had stood up and said something, I don't think I would have been individually canceled. I think the progressive Democrats of Benicia would have seen that, in fact, there are a lot of parents who have traditional values, who want to protect their children from this Mm -hmm. sort of perversion. And unfortunately, people are scared, Bob. They're just scared. Well, and now they're going to be more scared than ever before because they saw what happened to you. And that's the True. reason they did it. They didn't do it just to silence you. They did it to make sure it's the same reason the National School Boards Association sent that letter to the uh, Department of Justice demanding that people who do what you did be declared uh, domestic terrorists or domestic extremists because it will just take other people and say, I don't want the FBI investigating me, so they'll stay home. They're trying to yes. silence not just Janet Robertson, but anybody else who dares think about what doing what you did, which is go there, there and express yourself on behalf of your kids. So that begs my last question, Janet. Are you done, or will you go back? Now that you've, you've lost your, your, your contract status with uh, Compass, are you done, or are you going to go back and, and talk at the next board meeting and the next one and the next one and the next one to show that you are not, uh, you're not going to be uh, cowed by their, their aggressive aggression? This has absolutely inspired me to stand up even more and, and, as I said, hopefully inspire other parents to have the courage to do so as well. So I'm definitely not done. Um, I am still trying to see what we can do and maybe if there's some way to do some protections for independent contractors in the United States. Yeah. I'm very passionate about that. So I will absolutely be here. I'll still speak up and and I'm so grateful for the support. Well, this is a, uh, one more question. It's a personal one about your kids. Are you going to keep them in that school district? Have you thought about putting them somewhere else? So our, our children, actually, we had them in our local Catholic school for their beginning years. Um, I do have a, a young son who's still in fourth grade. And the reason we left the Catholic school is because they started allowing the girls in the Catholic middle school to identify as boys. And I went to the clergy and I said, hey, wait a minute, you know, the Bible's pretty clear on this. And I don't think that, you know, the church should have some leadership in this topic. And they basically are also kind of cowing to this gender ideology. So that's when we took the children out and put them into the public schools. And of course, it was like from the frying pan into the fire. To tell you the truth, Bob, we're searching for a community that's does not teach this sort of thing, so we will likely be moving out of California. 
Well, you you would be joining hundreds of thousands of of, of, of other Californians each year to flee that uh, left wing cesspool of high taxes and low morals. Uh, so I would not be I would not blame you at all. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you're welcome to come out this way. It's not perfect in the Midwest, but I'll tell you what, it's a lot better than what you're dealing with out there. And uh, I, I thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so sorry you had to go through it, but uh, God bless you for your courage, and uh, and I hope you continue to stand up for your kids. Thank you so much. Thank you again. God bless you. Uh, 11.29, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. i got one more segment with you. If you want to react to that conversation, I would love to hear from you. Enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right. What a story. What an absolute disaster of a story. A mom speaks up at a school board meeting saying, no, you, you really, you know what I would love to do? I would love to ask the progressive, what was it called? This, this group, she was uh, a progressive uh, something of, of Benicia. I would like, like to ask those individuals who, who got her fired from her job as a real estate agent because she spoke up at a school board meeting and said, you shouldn't teach 12-year-olds about oral and anal sex, particularly in math class. I would like to ask them, just please, give us your defense of that. Tell us why you think that 12-year-old kids, 6th graders, should be taught about how to engage in oral and anal sex. I, I, you know, they, they always attack us for telling people that they shouldn't teach those things and that there shouldn't be pornographic literature and pornographic illustrations of those sex acts on the library books, or on the library shelves, rather, in, in our schools. They, they call us, you know, pearl clutchers, and they call us phobes and bigots and so on and so forth, but nobody ever turns around and asks them, why do you support the idea of a 12-year-old boy being told that he should learn how to engage in anal sex, either giving or receiving? In addition to, of course, telling boys that they may one day menstruate, despite not having ovaries, not having a uterus, that they may menstruate. Why do you support telling little boys that when they obviously cannot? Science says so. Why do you support teaching these gender principles in math class? These are the things that she pointed out. They're in the curriculum at Benicia schools. Why do you support this type of instruction? Why do you think that grown men wearing women's lingerie who used to dance exclusively for women, or excuse me, for men at at drag shows in adult establishments and cabarets, why do you support that coming into children's classrooms, and libraries, and schools uh, in general, why, why, in, in our parks? Tell us why that's, that's a thing. Why do, why do grown men want to be around those little kids, having the little kids stuff money into their, into their uh, stockings and so forth? I want them to explain. It's always up to us to explain why it's wrong. I want to hear from them why the hell they think it's right. That's what I want. 
As much as anything else I want, other than justice for Janet Robertson and other brave parents, I want to hear from the other side as to why they think that should happen. Because I promise you they got nothing. Nothing. Other than it's inclusive. Navy man Norm is in Strongsville. Norm, you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Fire away, sir. Um, that is one very, very brave woman. You better And I applaud everything that she did and is doing. Yes, but what sir. I was calling about, I think, is of tantamount importance with your earlier callers about President Trump and voting for the Republicans, never Trumpers or always Trumpers. Evidently, we have short memories. We forget the 2020 election when the state of Georgia turned out two Republican senators in exchange for two Democrat loons. And in the 2022 elections, uh, basically the same thing happened because Republicans in Arizona sabotaged Carrie Lake's uh, election for governor and it cost her the governorship. And then also in our own uh, situation, when some loony farmer and uh, other uh, people tied to DeWine uh, <laughs> caused Jim Renacci to lose the governorship. You're right. So, you know, people have people have short memories. But what I wanted to speak about, and I'm so fed up, Bob, the next time you get um, Jim Jordan on, I want you to ask him these questions. Where's the defunding of the DOJ? Where's the defunding of Jack Smith, special counsel? Where's the impeachment of Mayorkas? Where's the impeachment of Ray? Where's the impeachment of Garland? We have seen nothing, absolutely nothing. Every week we hear the same song and dance, Bob, about, well, we're gathering our facts and we want to find out where all the trouble is. Well, I'm sorry. We, the people, and you, Bob, we know where the trouble is. And the trouble is with the Democratic Party running roughshod over the Republicans every day, day in and day out. We got a speaker, uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, who talked about impeachment of uh, Biden and talked about impeachment of Garland and Ray. Nothing, absolutely nothing. When in the hell is our Republican Congress going to defund the Department of Justice, defund uh, special counsel Jack Smith, and play tit-for-tat with the Democrats? Because, Bob, if we don't, or if they don't, uh, it's over. I don't care who we elect, because if the Republicans don't want to do what we voted for them and contributed for them, then we- Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.